Hello, I'm Rebecca Castellino, and this is Hopping the Fence, a podcast dedicated to talking to artists on the fringes of the Canadian art scene. Xiao Han is an artist and curator based in Wuhan and Saskatoon. Using photography, Han's research creation projects investigate diaspora, identity, gender issues, and cross-cultural interpretation. As an independent curator, Han has curated numerous exhibitions collectively with artists and institutions in Canada and China. Han's public art, Yi Kun's Lost Story, was permanently installed in the summer of 2017 in Regina Arts Park. This project reflects a lost story of immigrant and restaurant owner Yi Klun in Regina in 1924 when he challenged the racist Saskatchewan's white women's labor law. Xiao Han, Madam X, is an artist, curator, and writer. With photography, Han's artwork focuses on sexual exploration through BDSM culture. Han organizes an online-based community with BDSM art activities. With this community, Han does interviews and story writing to share experiences of unique interests. Our conversation was recorded in Hamilton, within Treaty 3 territory, on the ancestral land of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe nations, under the Dish with One Spoon Wampum Agreement. Hey, Joe. Hello, Rebecca. How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just drinking my usual caffeine. Awesome. Where are you right now? Well, I am at my home office in Saskatoon, the Treaty 6 territory land. I'm with my two dogs and the one parrot in my office. Um, so I was wondering if we could just start off with talking about um, your art practice and like your photography specifically. When did you start your photography practice? Well, I, I took photo when I was little because my mom always had these film cameras around uh, in the house, but uh, in the art program, I started to do practice in 2009 at BC, the university called Thompson Rivers University. And the dramatic part is I actually went to a tourism program at that time, but oh. they said, oh, you need an elective class. How about a photography class? <laughs> I thought it's an easy, cheesy, nice credit course that I can just go there for fun. And then it turns out it's a dark room base. Wow. And I never, I never experienced with dark room and I got attracted. And that's the course get me into the fine arts program. So I changed my career plan, just jumped to the <laughs> fine arts, uh, visual arts in TRU. That's so, so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. This is my, my story that I, I told my parents way later because they didn't even notice. I changed my uh, my major until I almost graduated. I told them I'm an artist, and uh, my parents said, "Yeah, yeah, you're an artist." In a way, you know, encourage their kids that way. You're an artist. I said, "No, I got a degree. I'm an artist." <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> anyway, that's my story. I start with photography. So photography is still my um my medium nowadays to do art. Do you want to talk a bit about the photo dark room? Like we had one in my undergrad, but I am so not a photographer, so I do not know how it works. I know that it's magical, but I do not know how it works. <laughs> yeah, the the most fun part is um, the the chemistry, the chemical uh, process during the time, um, and then I just realized it's not art is not just what I thought about sitting there drawing and being a hundred 
percent of creativity.、Mm-hmm. It's also including tech technical skills, including the chemis chemical mixing and also names of those developers and the fixers. So、uh, I got drawn into it just because I realized the scientific. Part of it, I guess, at the beginning, and、mm-hmm. I just research、uh, the artists at that time、uh, from, especially from from North America and Japan. So, yeah, it was very interesting class, and I remember that professor named Mira Sain. I、mm-hmm. think she went to OCAD and been professor here for a while. That time, all the classroom—I think the entire class was for elective. I was the only one changed my mind. Like, no, I want this to be my life. Oh, that's so awesome! <laughs> you did you start off with like storytelling because I feel like all your images are so so narrative based, and I love that you're the model. Even if you, there's like multiple subjects, that's just so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was the one. Um, for later, because I I realized I like st- telling stories,、uh, especially with the negative, you have、um, a lot of choices, and then I realized、uh, staging and the, in the in the lighting studio, the hours it actually is the most satisfying hours for me. So I start to create stories, like I write a storyboards and a script, and then.、Uh, Hire my friends and they come <laughs> over to the lighting studio and I tell them the story and I, I act like a director, like trying to <laughs> direct them to act. But then later I I feel like so so naive, but it's at the fun time. <laughs> so most of my, I'm still doing a narrative right now with photography, and then I realize it's so hard to gather actors and actresses.、Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just one time I just realized、um, when I just. Using my own body, just participate with my、uh, my imaging. So I I started to do that using double double exposure with film film camera.、Wow. So I have to expose twice. So me standing two different spot and having conversation with myself, <laughs> and it turns out turns out so so good, like ghostly good, like、yeah. I like spooky good, spookily good. So I said, <laughs> okay, then. Then once I start that, I real I'm just getting more comfortable with me as my own actor.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, that's one of the reason. And later, I、um, I was investigating this、uh, topic about、uh, the Chinese one-child policy、uh, during the eighties, because I was born in the eighties, and I'm the only child, and I don't even notice what that means、mm. until I come to Canada. Everybody talking about their siblings, their sister, brothers, the drama, the fight. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I have a sister." Blah blah blah, and then realize, "Oh, that's not a sister. That's a cousin."、Mm. Oh, I just realized, "Oh, yeah, none of us have a sister." So it become a topic. I realized, "Oh, that's a that's an important topic. I want to talk about it." Then using my own body, participate with this one-child policy. Um, issue that I found, I realized having myself inside of my photography like multiple times can、mm. be my own、uh, reflection, seeing the words because we're so centered. Because you're the only one in the family, we're so centered in the way in a long for a long time. I don't even know what this mean if someone else exists in the same family. What does it feel like having a sibling? So. Yeah, that's that's the initial plan to do a project. I'm still using that photo right now for my profile photo. <laughs> <laughs> Have、nice. a family photo that me playing everybody in my in my family. 
Yeah, and role playing seems to be like a very key part of your practice. Do you want to expand a bit on that? Like role playing as your mom, role playing as your dad, role playing as like a younger you. Oh yeah, we like I I had a very close relationship with my cousin. I used to call her my sister because we don't know. We、mm. both one child, and then when we are hang out together, we always do this role play. Like, okay, you be the dad, I be mom, <laughs> and you, little one will be the kid. Like that that kind of family role play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're so drunk, you know. We're so serious. We have to cook, and then we have schedule. <laughs> we go grocery too, and then. And then I realized that's interesting. Why? Why do I just adopt that be the part of my story board for myself?、Mm-hmm. And, and except the family、uh, photo, I did another、uh, photography that me playing as my dad and as my mom and、uh, the missing girl. And、uh, like there's a photography on the wall.、Mm-hmm. The missing girl is somewhere else. Uh, Uh, at that time, that mom and dad is worried. So、mm. the TV in the center of that room,、um, reflecting what had the chaos happening in China, 1989, and、mm. um, it, it trying to imply that she may get involved because the younger generation, because they are outside of the that family, they may endanger. So that's from a parent's pr- perspective, seeing a, a chaos at、yeah. that time. So role play.、Um, Also、um, helped me through this project. Also helped me understand more about my parents' worry. Even、mm-hmm. though I don't know, I still don't know if that's the actual worry they had. But when I dress up and acting on the stage for my camera, I realize it can be true that what they worried is not about the chaos. They just worry about their daughter. Like, yeah. Where are you? I wish you safe. Right. So. Yeah, it's a way having connection with my parents, and then it's after years. It just the role play just be part of my signature in my photo, and、mm-hmm. then later another、um, photography、um, in in Regina is a public art project. I also did that, and I was so worried. The curator is so mad because I <laughs> I dress up like his his key person, that, me myself. But then it turns out good. So I think. I think I will keep this role play as my signature. <laughs> It's so good, and like the way you talk about staging and acting on your like their their sets, and it's so funny because these are still images, but it's almost like you're a director, like you said, and you're making a movie. Yeah, ah,、uh, like Cindy Sherman is one of the biggest reference I have,、mm-hmm. uh, and also Gregory Cruzan. Uh, he does a、uh, large format、um, camera shooting, and he will hire、um, a stage crew will come over and build a stage for him, and he will just have one shot.、Wow. And I was so drawn to it because usually we watch a movie, either a short film or 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 a f- movie. It's a time based medium that you need to read through the time. But his photo, so the Cindy Sherman's photography. You read the story in one shot, like in one image, and there are hints everywhere. The relationship, and there will be an impl- implied, real, ongoing story behind the scene. So I, I was very drawn into a staging photography、um, when I was in TRU, and also later I moved to Saskatchewan. I, I keep going with that. Yeah, because the the one that I'm thinking about specifically is、uh, like the. Yi Kong piece, 
in, from 2017. Like the wallpaper is so beautiful. And I just, did you actually install that wallpaper on your set? <laughs> yeah, uh, Ikun Project is one of the last story projects across Canada. There are four stories. So Ikun is the one from Regina. He's a, a Chinese restaurant owner. Uh, from the beginning of 20th century. And then I, I was hired to be the artist to create a, a public art for this project, for his story. And then I realized, uh, Asian restaurants usually have a very distinguished decoration, especially wallpaper with lotus and they like, they like color, uh, that's red and the gold and mm-hmm. blue. So I, well, Valley Village usually is my the biggest resource. Same. I went there, I found this wallpaper with lotus on it. That's perfect. And then just got them all and installed it to, in my garage studio. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then just install it and play. And I also have to uh, investigate what's uh, you couldn't wear in the 20s. Yeah. So uh, that hat and also that shoes um, from Valley Village, but it's also... I have to fit the twenties fashion, uh, and also the, the the waitress or the lady who mm-hmm. wearing that red skirt actually is a customer customized um, skirt. I I found from the archive there's a the twenties waitress um, uniform. Oh wow! And, yeah, so I found exactly same color, a uh, fabric, and then send it out um, uh, to to tailor. They they made it for me. So everything is very staged with historical research. There might be some um, part not exactly fit into it, but I'm trying to rep- like uh, re represent the twenties. Um, Eklund's cafe at that time mm-hmm. uh, called cafe instead of restaurant for for that environment. Yeah, it lo- like <laughs> now I'm I'm looking even closer at the image and like. All of the like the teacup is kind of those old school metal teacups and like all the photos and everything. Did you get all of those from Valley Village or like did you like print out some of the props? Oh, props are usually, especially like a two D props. I will design them and uh, print them out myself. Oh my gosh! It's, wow. Uh, <laughs> it's it's there are lots of hint. I I think there are many uh, clue on the wall. Mm-hmm. Even now, no people don't um, don't. Realize sometimes I like to Photoshop one of the faces, like say if I have a group photo in the back, um, in the background, mm-hmm. I'll Photoshop one of the faces to my face. Just, oh my gosh! Just for fun, just in case <laughs> one day people find out. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> funny! Like little Easter eggs hidden for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but those photos are all from the twenties. Some of them from China. Some of them from. Um, the the community already uh, settled in, in Saskatchewan. Um, and your face is covered in both of these, like um, the restaurant waitress, like she's kind of like holding this tray and like the jug is covering her face. And then the man is like holding open a newspaper. I was just wondering about that choice specifically. Well, uh, yeah, because um, first of all, it's a commission job. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have a a creating relationship with Eklund's family, like his oh, wow. daughter in Vancouver, his grandson in Vancouver, and they 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 all knows what I'm doing. But at that time, I do need modeling someone mm-hmm. for Eklund. So without an identity, I think it would be better to have a a figure that people think that's Eklund, but it can also be 
anyone else who owns a restaurant, anyone, any other Chinaman um, was in Canada at that time. Mm-hmm. So the newspaper uh, this guy holding was the newspaper for 1924. Oh I think gosh. it's August August 12th. And it's the the newspaper reporting about Yi Kun went to the city council uh, uh, trying to sue uh, the government that this is the racist and the sexism law. Wow. And then I collage all the news together because obviously they wouldn't put it yeah. too much in the newspaper at that time. But actually I collect all the news together, collage them on this uh, newspaper. So it's a full page about Yi Kun's story. Wow. And yeah, and also women at that time needs job, like hints, right? Because this story is about white woman labor law in Regina that Chinese men needs um, permit to hire white women uh, to work in their restaurant. Yeah. So it, uh, woman needs job, men needs help, uh, Chinese restaurant needs help, but this law is kind of accurately bending for their own reason. So. <laughs> yeah, so that newspaper tells the truth, quote unquote, from the uh, from the nineteen twenty four, and in the Regina Park right now, the public art. This image is eight, I think it's eight by eight feet. Nice. So the newspaper is actually the real size, and if you go close, you can read uh, the newspaper, wow. like uh, your height. So covering <laughs> face is hiding the identity, but also. Um, trying to and it's for the f- female figure too because it uh, can be a white female can be a non-white female mm-hmm. it doesn't matter but it's just someone in this restaurant uh, working there and everybody participate with the with this uh, activity that you can raise yeah. I didn't realize that you were in touch with the family I think that that's like a really beautiful way of making art about a historical figure like recognizing that they have relatives that you know are alive and well today and are obviously going to be very attached to this story. How did you get in touch with them? Like did you did you were you in touch with them first and then you found this story? Like how did you arrive at this project? Well I, I was just apply propose, I mm. sent a proposal to the curator because he uh, his name is Rona Rudin. He's a historian uh, professor at Concordia University. So he made a call because he knows he needs an artist in the province of Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. This story happened in Saskatchewan. He needs an artist here to create a story for Euclid. So I was just um, graduated from University of Saskatchewan that time, and my professor gave me this link, said, oh, you may be interested in this story. Yes. And I read the story. I'm like, I have to be the one to, to make this <laughs> art. I feel him. Yeah. Euclid moved to Canada when he was... Tw- just 21 or 23 and me the same so I can feel like there's a connection that I I can see his experience and uh, and his activity his activity too and he also what happened is he never told his family this story until yeah. 2017 his grandson realized oh there's a story in the family we should start to um, cultivate more about it and then send it to the curator so mm. That's what happened. And then I got involved and then it's, it's interesting experience. And I was just the, making the art, but the overall, uh, the, the gathering of Equin's family at Regina's Park that day of this art unveiling, Aww. uh, it's very touching. Yeah. I wasn't, no, this is, I'm making the art that 
so much meaningful I wasn't aware but they're all thankful thankful oh. for my working and I I just heard more story about their family mm-hmm. yeah wow that's so beautiful and like that your stories mirror each other so much like I think that you can tell that you're really connected to it like obviously you put in all this work <laughs> to get everything just right <laughs> And also, yeah, and also I connect to Yiquen that way because uh, I know in many um, books we had we found the hint that he actually get lots of support from the communities, like the like the association, white woman association that time, and also a lawyer. And recently, a, a lawyer contacted me says a, a man contacted me says his grandfather was a lawyer of Yiquen. Wow. And, and he found me at LinkedIn. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's so word. funny. Yeah, this is breathtaking. But uh, that was an exciting moment. Um, yeah, lots of connection created from this project. Um, if we want to just pivot a little bit to talk about your curatorial practice, um, what got you started in curation? Um, in a photography class. <laughs> <laughs> There's a senior photography class. We have uh, usually have a year-end show. Like uh, it's a it's a a full year course, and then usually uh, we need someone to organize the show. Mm-hmm. And then I was in charge. I mean, I wasn't know what's going on. I thought I'd just put art on the wall. <laughs> That's all. So I was I I can can do it. <laughs> and then it turns out so much work (laughs) think about the framing think about lights and think about who come to install it and when to order the pizza so all the things that i realized oh it's not just uh hanging and then i got into it because after this job i think i did great that's because someone else come to me and said hey do you want to let's work on another show together Mm -hmm. and my job was just um, calling for artists and I said oh that's easy I just send email out and then it turns out tons of email coming yep. back questions <laughs> and I just I start to learn how to write an artist call mm-hmm. it's slowly involved but I think personality in my personality I just love uh, working in an organization I was insane in that way like working um, helping artists putting their uh, art together for sure, for sure. And yeah, that's how I get into it. Um, yeah, and it's nonstop. Like I said, nonstop. People mm-hmm. invite me and people come over like, hey, let's do this. And uh, I just wrote, okay, since I, I don't mind, then I think I should become um, a curator. So I just start to research more about what is the identification. Even though nowadays it's still changing, which mm-hmm. is the bad part of it. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, so what's your because the definition of like curator is changing so so much and like we're both artist curators like how do you kind of approach your practice good question (laughs) (laughs) um i um it's changing all the time not just in the in the group in the bubble but also in my head so before i come to this program i thought curator is working working in the gallery like in ago in Rayman. Uh, you need to write a lot of paper to form the society, balance the, the relationship between artists, between uh, viewers, between uh, collectors and buyers. And then after the year of practice, 
including my own practice and also the school practice. And I realized curator can be anything. <laughs> it's true. And I don't mind. Before, I really care if people call me artist because I want to say, no, I'm a curator. And then now I, I don't really care. You, you call mm-hmm. me anything you want. Mm-hmm. But it's more setting more boundary in between. Like if I'm working on a um, project as an artist, then I know more uh, like where should I focus on? Like mm. the practice itself, the creativity, the um, the free and um, the way how to challenging the boundary. For sure. <laughs> and then be a curator is more about it. the premise, the, the the parameter, the the framework, and also uh, the the collaborative, the collaboration part. So um, yeah. Uh, together, I found it's even better, like a powerful. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as an artist, I know what curator does. <laughs> there was a curator, I know what artists think. Exactly. So, in a way, it benefited both my hat and both my identity. Um, yeah. But the only thing bothers me right now is when I um, say trying to write a proposal. Um, because I have a great idea, but I can't define if it's an artist project or a project. Then the then the organization usually will email me back like, I think this is a curatorial practice. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and I said no, it's an artist because I have I have to make I have to I create. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I think you uh, being a mentor, it's a curatorial project. Mm-hmm. And then if I think such such thing, I will curate such a such a work like a, for public art for example uh the the organization usually will think but you're creating why don't you want to be the artist i'm like all right all right oh my goodness <laughs> but it's fun i i believe you have the same experience and it's it's fun basically yeah like, <laughs> we're think, making our own vocabulary yeah and that's the most exciting thing and i think like ocad the curatorial practices program is like still pretty new and the people who are running it are all like very innovative curators so it's like always changing yeah that's the best part actually because i uh i found there's no uh in carfac there's no payment it says a curator um but it has like technician fee or presentation or knowledge sharing what's mm-hmm. the name of but then to me, it's it's also curators should be paid because they it's experience based first mm. of all. If I share it, and then I don't even have a standard like a rate for myself to do. But well, it's getting there. I believe. Um, yeah, slowly, slowly, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so we can be artists sometimes, just because. Kafrak have an artist fee for sure. I know. Yeah, I think I think it's easier to approach things. As like just naming yourself as an artist, and then you, if you end up curating, then you end up curating. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the the independent curators had with because it's free and it's more um, kind of creative. Yeah, maybe that's on the artist side of me that I like to be creative as a curator as well. For sure, like, for sure. This week's podcast recommendation is an episode of Code Switch. Care to explain yourself? It's hot out and places are shutting down again, and things might just be feeling a little bit slow. So, in the spirit of spicing things up, 
Code Switch wanted to give listeners a question to fight about. How much context should you give when you're talking about race and culture? Is it better to explain every reference or to ask people to Google as they go? Comedian Hari Kondobolu joins us to hash it out. Have you curated in any like formal spaces or are you mostly doing like DIY kind of things? Uh, I did both. Yeah. I, initially, I did formal spaces because of the, the, the group of artists invited me. So it's mostly about like university gallery needs mm-hmm. a curator for, for a project. Then I will be the curator. And then international exchange because I know uh, Mandarin and English. So if artists come from China, I want to show here. I, I will be the curator, organize all the, the space, the people, and the, the, and the sponsors for them. So, uh, but later I realized, ah, I just don't want to work with those um, mm. anymore. So I started my, I think the first one I tried was uh, a, a garage show cool. um, with my friend. And uh, it turns out it's good. It's a group show. And then later we realized, yeah, showing like an art, art exhibition should be um, more focused on sharing and the, and the cheering and inspiring. And then I just start more um, practice with uh, alternative space for for curatorial practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, that's so cool. I think it's yeah, it's it's really funny that you started off like like you said like in more formal spaces and now you're like nope we have a garage we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah why not i have a white wall here you can use my office too like a um a combination of studio visiting and exhibition it depends mm. uh, which function so yeah now i'm uh, more very interested with those kind of um, uh, public space curatorial pro- project I noticed there are um, library and the mini gallery in community corner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're just like standing there with LED lights in it. That's beautiful. I like to stop and just approach to it and then look what's going on and to share with the community, like share our, you know, sharing and also knowledge. So, yeah, that's cute, curatorial too to me. <laughs> it is. It's very, and it's very interesting. That's so cool. And um, yeah, I feel like your your experience factors so much into your practice. Um, and you run like a blog, like a kind of diary. How does diary keeping factor into your cur- curation and your art making? Well, um, this is a, another topic. Uh, diary was the time during 19, uh, 2019. Uh, I start a blog and I start to write and I just in Chinese though, mm-hmm. I realized the, cause I, at that time, I spent so much time in China. I travel a lot. So I can't bring my studio or any photography gear with me to make art. And then, you know, sometimes you just feel like I need to do something for my creativity. Mm-hmm. So I start to write, uh, stories from imagination. And then I realized that's so much fun. Like, and it's quicker because uh, for photography, I need to set up the stage. I need to set up lights, testing, and uh, sometimes dress up myself or find my friends to be the modeling. And the feeling just gone sometimes, honestly. Mm-hmm, <laughs> It'll be gone. Mm-hmm. But when you write, write stories, like say fictions or, or, or diaries, it's actually so floating, a fluid, uh, in my mind mm-hmm. and uh, by some point I was able to just start a story with one sentence I don't even have a plan for it awesome. and it just goes with it and it will finish 
uh, in like a, what fifteen hundred words as a mini story, and wow. then I I put on my blog and send out to my friends. They all loved it, and because we I have a topic for the those blogs, so it creates a community that I was I was surprised. It creates a community that lots of people loves it, and we have a group chat. Wow. From then uh, in this group chat, we're sharing uh, lots of knowledge and images and the stories, experience together. That's so cool that you're getting so much feedback from your writing. Yeah, secretly. <laughs> secretly. <laughs> secretly. Feedback in a group chat, yes. But that blog, because I use a, use a, a Chinese um, platform. So later uh, it got censored and, oh. and later. So I, I moved it to to a uh, space square so, so it's now more free and that's um, um, 2019 though yeah yeah I just it, t- hearing about you like making up these stories it, it almost sounds like you're doing storyboarding but like just through writing versus like your photography oh yeah um since uh because I said that when I was uh, starting my photography study, mm-hmm. I know lots of uh, Japanese uh, photographer. There's one called Nobu Yoshi Araki. Uh, he's uh, he's he was born in 1940, and he's a famous Japanese uh, photographer that does lots of uh, female body with rope art uh, on scene. So um, compared to the to the what's the name? erotica or pornography that mm-hmm. we, we did his photo is so strong with the communication with that the the bodies the models eye contact with the lens mm-hmm. so it struck me initially but at that time i was grade one like first year in, oh, the, wow. <laughs> in the undergrad i'm so shy and i can't find a model to do that oh. so i keep that in my head and when i started uh, my writing my diary a whim- and then because i i wrote the, those imagination story from the experience sharing from the community like the group chat lots of people having a uh, rope um art um i would say shibari mm-hmm. that's a japanese name like a rope art uh, boundary art on, on human body they did that um, experience and uh, they would take a photo as an archive oh, wow. but some of the photo uh, just reminds me uh, Nobuyoshi's photo and I just realized photography is not just a, a record of an object or a scene because you can tell whoever the model is or are for those uh, whoever took the photo they have unusual relationship and mm-hmm. such relationship can't lie. So I found it's very intriguing and uh, it's uh, it's secretly started mm-hmm. and I have to know what's going on. So I did interview with them and they tell me their stories and I found it's, it's uh, some of them are, are like just unique mm-hmm. relationship, especially in China. Like it's more conservative way of thinking about family and the relationships. So when I hear those and I tell them I understand and I really like the the way your relationship growing and can I write a, a story about that? They said, yeah, you could. Oh, so yeah. I, I, I just it's not in an interview way because for for privacy. So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. wrote it in a fiction way, but most of the fiction from is from what I heard and the most of and the part of it is my imagination mm. to to you know blend them together 
Wow. So that blog become one of my creativity uh, practice uh, during the 2019. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and I just found more and more um, artistic in this bubble, this community, the BDSM community, that they, they create photography with rope art, and also they have candles, like variety yeah. kind of candles, and then they create different colors because when candle uh, falls onto skins, they create the splash, um, non-plant splash paint on skin. And then with multiple color of candles on body, they actually can create beautiful Wow. Uh, beautiful image. Yeah. And I was like, this community is a treasure. <laughs> it it really is. Like mm-hmm. when I first came out, I was surrounded by a bunch of bisexual men who are very into Shibari and like candles. <laughs> oh, those are very beautiful medium. Yeah. Um, and also it's not easy because no. I, yeah. And I, I was some of the people I talk with, they have their studio for it. Huh. So they have a plastic floor they can clean up. And they have, because when you use a rope, you need a frame to hang. So they have a um, rope um, safety for that too. Mm-hmm. And also they have acupuncture. Um, what's the name? They, they have classes nowadays. Wow. And they have acupuncture class to tell you which part of the human body is the safest place to, to hang, like to... Mm-hmm wait so i was like this is getting very interesting and serious yeah. um, so i wrote the story i me myself learning uh, shibari right now uh, the hardest part is to find a model who would allow me to take photo but mm. this is also part of my research and the experience like uh, finding a relationship and the putting um putting them uh, visualize visual arts yeah, yeah. No, um, I remember, like, there used to be, like, knot tying parties that would happen at Guelph, where, like, people would do a knowledge exchange of, like, all the different knots that they've learned. Because, cool. like, YouTube videos could only do so much, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I think knotting is also a pra- very serious practice. And also, it varies when you change model, because they're different size, mm. their body can do different pose, and it's... Also important that your relationship change when you switch model. So um, this art is not just what appearing what we see, but also it's interactive, like it's in between. For sure. Uh, the two pe- person who's doing the performance there. Yeah, well, it's like community building, like not only with your, your models, but all these different people who told you all these different stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Very um, great experience in the 2019 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and how does that incorporate into like your greater like Madame X persona and artworks well Madame X is also from 2019 okay. I, I try to build a to build a, a, a brand or studio for example uh, it failed because uh, it hit the COVID just yeah. started but I think I just have this idea I want to start to find a healthy way for the community because there are lots of drama and some goes really bad mm-hmm. um, I want to create a, a healthy community that uh, does uh, the the rope art the, the candle art but also to remind that there is also agreement in between um, the two or three or whatever the characters so um, I started this 
uh, name and the build the an, another blog. I have so many blogs. <laughs> another blogs and trying to explain what is BDSM, explain what is LGBTQ, what's mm-hmm. each other's name, what is equity mean, what is uh, what what is abusive, what is mm-hmm. uh, uh, for play. Um, and then I have my own follower, and we have our own group chat. Uh, Madam Max, it's a, a icon, a persona of um, people understand that uh, me, a Chinese uh, female studying uh, across, uh, like uh, overseas in Canada with uh, a strong um, feminism um, knowledge background, mm-hmm. can uh, support, especially girls in this community, uh, that um, say, don't worry about saying something that you don't like mm. or don't worry about sharing the story that you feel this is not right because mm. it is very serious in this community. Yeah. And then, yeah, I collect a team that we are making candles nowadays. Oh, wow. For all candles. That's so cute. And then, Thank you. And uh, because of the rope, uh, when you rope human, trying to bond human body, the rope needs to be processed mm-hmm. like with oil with a lot of rubbing sanding that's uh that's what i'm still learning but uh we were trying to make our own branded uh rope wow. um, maybe dive into rainbow for example oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah that's that's just a, a, a brand name so uh, we just did an exhibition with art because like i say in this community lots of people can take photo for example and also uh, art uh, artists, some of the artists also interesting and they will paint or draw about it, like sketchbook mm-hmm. or, or painting on canvas. So since I've already have enough artists doing that, artists friend doing that, so I create a show called uh, Forbidden Foods. So it's good. online. <laughs> Thank you. It's an online exhibition. And, uh, to me, online exhibition actually gives the benefit of such exhibition that we don't have to be so stressful about the, the censor the, mm. the public because it's private exhibition anyway so um that's my first try uh having madam max as a a sponsor for such exhibition <laughs> and i thought it's very very intriguing and fun and madam max support all the chinese artists uh, i paid them with madam max income uh from earlier nice <laughs> uh, yeah so that's what madam max is it's my uh, quote unquote secret farm, but also it's for, it's also a, a art project plus curatorial project. Wow. I didn't realize that you had curated that show. And I just, I, there's such a beautiful community. And I think showing that online also lets people internationally to see the work that you're doing. Like, oh, yeah. 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 That's the best part that uh, not uh, limited in a location or place. Uh, yeah, that's like the topic, right? As an artist, when you're creating the show, you want to put your own art in there. But once you put your own art in there, like how can I call myself as a curator? Maybe we don't need a curator. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an artist thing to say. Oh, no, we don't need a curator. We got this. We got this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was also wondering about like public versus private and like you've come up against censorship. A couple of times it seems like and like how you navigate those two spaces um talking about bdsm and like talking about queer bodies and queer life hmm. um i've been trying to put bdsm as a topic in my like 
project earlier than the Yikun one, like in mm-hmm. 15 or 16. But I realized uh, you, I need to, I need to be ready for this. Like for example, the research, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the experience, and also uh, at that time, I don't even have my peer or cohort <laughs> from the <this laughs> community. No one support like uh, can support me, and also I did not have, for example, good or bad uh, experience with this community. That mm. I realized, how can I put it together? Like put the put my statement together. But now I have a statement. That's why I can be strong enough. Tell uh tell whoever. I'm actually expecting some bad feedback from my flash show. I was surprised there's no. So, but I'm so ready to send them my statement if I receive any bad yeah. um, comment on that with that show. But uh, it is a big challenging because whenever you, especially send sending my idea, saying I'm role role playing on the stage because I think there is a, a domestic uh, dominant and and. Uh, submissive relationship uh, in between those uh, mm-hmm. actors. But then all my professor in the 2015 so start to discuss about uh, female body oh, and the, yeah. the, the politics and the Foucault. I mean, Foucault's oh. right. <laughs> but, but then I was like, I just want to talk about pleasure. Yeah. I don't want to talk. I know. I know it's important to talk about female body. Why is it Asian? Why is it not not Asian? Blah blah blah. But I just want to talk about the pleasure mm-hmm. and the part of why this is such a fun thing to do uh, to the to the world. And I, lots of artists do that. Yeah, so, I think maybe they they were stuck in like feminism, and you're kind of like post feminism, like queer <laughs> stuff. You know. Oh, Totally, totally. I was so queer, and the, they are not ready for queer. For sure. yeah. Oh, so, so funny. Yeah, there's there's lots of moments that I was doubting myself. Oh. Like maybe I was wrong. This is just porn. This is just for personal sexual satisfaction that we shouldn't share in the art seminar, for yeah. example. But I don't know. Then we have like really amazing photographers who like do have origins in porn, like. And then you get to this yeah. part where, like, you're blurring the line between porn and art. And, like, I think that's a really interesting place to be. But if you're super conservative, like, I get why that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> I know. I, was, I mean, now I can talk about it. But, I mean, if we can talk about love, we can talk about happiness. Mm-hmm. Why can't we talk about orgy? Like, it's orgasm. Like, it's also the fun part of our life. Why is it so secret? Or yeah. such a thing to talk, to have those. I mean, but... For example, um, we have uh, the artist from China who did a, a pinhole shot. He's a photographer. Mm-hmm. He did a pinhole shot with staged girl um, masturbating in front of the pinhole camera. Mm-hmm. So it's long-term, long-term exposure. So mm-hmm. overall, the image is kind of blurry. You just can see a, a sort of her body with yeah. legs open. But the he he did a, such a great job because I think he combines a time, a concept of time in that project. Because pinhole camera is a long exposure. You need the patient. You need the, uh, you can't expect too much from it because you don't mm. know what's gonna come out. Same with uh, sexuality, uh, sex. Well, I was gonna say same with like the femme orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Oh my. I wasn't sure, but now I'm like, okay, fine. But surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess 
like being queer artist curators, like we're a bit more comfortable talking about this because it's what we're thinking about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just wondering how you present that to audiences, like what your what your thought process is and like what you include and what you don't include and like how far you go and how much nudity there is, like all those things. Hmm. Um, I'm still testing. Well, compared to all the uh, artists exhibiting in Forbidden Fruits, mm-hmm. that show, I think mine's the most conservative one. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But also, I think it's because my aesthetic, the way how I see things are, I like subtle uh, mm. style. Like, I like secret yeah. on the screen. Like, I like you having my audience coming back a few times to realize, oh, right. Like, that's what she's trying to say. For example, the, the, the project I did was the, the hotel room number. It's just a full of room number. There's no nudes in there. There's no robes, nothing mm-hmm. in there. It's just numbers. But to me, those numbers means every single time I walk in there behind the door. What yeah. Happened? Yeah. So the, uh, um, my boundary usually s- settles on, uh, the politics part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or female body. Like I don't like seeing, like when people accept me their work, for example, I know what I don't like, uh, which is um, for um, the subjectivity uh, for female body or boys, men's body that in a way creates unbalance mm. or creates a a reflection that people think this is right to do and to me maybe it will cause um, uh, unbalance is problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I keep right. I keep thinking about um. I don't know if you know John Raffman. He's kind of like a famous Quebecois artist. But, mm-hmm. but he made these body pillows of like women and it was so creepy. And one I think was Emma Watson like naked. I was like, ew. <laughs> yeah, some art nowadays, it's actually contemporary. I I just don't know. Are they challenging or that's what they actually supporting? Like yeah. that's what you really like? But... <laughs> this is what but... you made? Why? <laughs> Yeah, but as a curator, I try to be as open as possible. Like if sometimes the art make me not comfortable to look mm. at, I will ask for a second opinion. Or sometimes I was just thinking the way that, yeah, maybe maybe it can create um a, another topic or discussion mm. on it, even though it's uh, I don't agree with it. So for a boundary, I'm just mostly like it has to be legal. Like it can be. <laughs> Can't be abusive. <laughs> well, it's BDSM. It's different. Like when you're naked, it's BDSM. When yeah. you're in clothes, that's abusive, right? Mm. So make sure you have that boundary. And also, uh, when we are showing um, each other's body, at least the model has to know. Like usually, what I will ask, like, does your model know you're sending their photo around? Like mm. uh, sharing? Or do you guys have an agreement? Uh, uh, usually we do. I I do have agreement with my model. That's so but, smart. I like I'm not a photographer, so this is things that I totally didn't think about. But yeah, checking with your model if you can send their images around for sure. Yeah, usually because uh, I do see dramas that uh, those models realize uh, the men who would 
took a photo with her. Actually, it's kind of drama. Like she thinks it's not pretty enough. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or he thinks it's. Oh, you think you know, I look stupid in this photo? That's but <laughs> uh, they will care about that. But to me, I'm as an artist, I'm very bossy. If it's my <laughs> camera, it's my work. So I do meet a model that trying to tell me that I'm not pretty enough in this oh photo i'm like no that's just my photo but then i super regret i still can't use that set of photo i'm really satisfied with the photo itself but this person this model just keep denying the oh. photo i'm trying to use so after that i start to use the, the agreement that uh, you can have those photos those but those are belong to the artists themselves like mine mm-hmm. photo mm-hmm. yeah no, for sure. That's that's a really good thing. Also, to like share with listeners who are like starting out with photography, like write an agreement. It, yeah, no matter what kind of portrait, because one day, uh, even though you took a portrait, like a community portraiture, but one day you may need them for your website, and yeah. this person can come over and sue you for you. Um, if you want to talk a bit more about like Madame X is like an alias or a brand, like I'm super interested in you branding her. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm still learning, but yeah. I I feel lucky. I I was almost start to uh, launch it just the end of 2019. Oh, uh, luckily not. But I would um, now I'm learning more about how to create a team, how to create a business, and how to be. Uh, how to uh, leadership a team um so I, I think i'm more mature than earlier and now it's more uh ready time than earlier mm. um so i will still still stay with the, the the candle part but also i'm investigating with a leather goods like say the choker or, or accessory so yeah i think um I'm really excited because I love leather work, so even pretty. though I know it's not good. <laughs> but if we can have some legit, like use the leather, mm. for example, I go Value Village again. <laughs> By there, <laughs> they usually have like a leather jacket there. And I found those jackets, their fashion is out, but the leather itself doesn't yeah. do anything wrong. I would just, I've already have a few of jacket back, but uh, I need just take a breath and cut them open <laughs> and make them into like a hand club, hand club or, or a choker or anything like a leather goods representing BDSM fashion. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's one of the plans. And uh, the rope art uh, in progress uh, of dying because uh, I, I have spent time on my thesis too. So it's been passing. But Madam Max gonna be launched soon, right after this thesis is done. Nice. My thesis is done. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I can't wait. It's um, it's exciting, and it's also related to business and art, and that's my goal. I like uh, working because artists needs pay get paid. Yeah, in a way. So why not just combine the business with the art practice together? Yeah, uh, and to use Madame X's funds to pay artists is so cool. Like paying artists is something that I'm still trying to figure out. So this income strategy is just really amazing. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's not that much, but we can at least uh, support a a community like uh, Madame X is aiming to. Right, like mm-hmm. I know there are lots of artists doing uh, rope art. Uh, like a part-time just for performance in China though uh, they perform in the club mm. uh, and also uh, make 
um, small goods just for for income, small income. But th- th- those little objects are very creative. Like yeah, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, and they are um, how do you say like a therapy too? Because when yeah. you're having a heavy school um, going on in your life, uh, a a like a small products uh, line for them is actually relaxing. Just hand crafting things for sure with their own art aesthetic and practice i'm looking in like now we're at an hour but there's a billion other things i want to talk to you about still (laughs) darn you can cut them (laughs) (laughs) um i was just wondering about like bdsm is healing and stuff like that's really how i entered that community as Mm. like bdsm is a way to for for women and and for people who've been um assaulted or, or put in situations where they lose their power it's a way to kind of reclaim your power in a very consensual way and i was just wondering what you think about that or if that's something you're thinking about as you're doing all of this oh that's the part i'm confused the most of the time i'm still thinking about it because me myself uh in a daily time i'm super bossy and uh, mm-hmm. i'm such a dominatrix in life but in the other way, when I'm trying to participate with BDSM, except the rope though, because I like the feeling of controlling. Mm. But other than that, I'm very submissive. Like, I think I'm just, because I'm too tired and lazy. <laughs> I'm Hello, very princess. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to have a relationship with a girl uh, that's many years ago. We just accidentally get into it. I don't even know BDSM that time. We just, we just <laughs> accidentally get into it and we love it immediately um and we just make such a you know puppy love promise to each other like we won't leave each other for example blah 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 and that relationship goes so tangled and very emotional and uh, in a way it's in a way you can say it's toxic but in the the other way it's so much fun (laughs) (laughs) i still miss it but i don't want to go over again oh my gosh so it's um, so nowadays, I, I think it's a therapy just because it's so different than our daily life mm-hmm. and not in any framework of uh, all the social rules. Exactly. It, yeah. Like I, I'm a fem, I used to get bothered because I call myself feminist, but also I'm a submissive. And then mm. people, especially in the community, especially men, they don't <laughs> understand. Like, how can you call yourself a feminist when you're a submissive? I'm like, yeah, and I have to think about it. And but then it's your later, choice I... to be submissive. Yeah, and then they don't like that because mm. once you have too much choice, then you're not sub- submissive, right? So, um, well, now I can adjust it. But later I realized, yeah, it's, it's my choice. It's uh, me doing an action that I think I can take responsibility to. It. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I got very into a research-based practice <laughs> with this uh, um, a community. So what bothers me nowadays is once I appear in this community, like uh, with Metamax or without Metamax, everybody thinks I'm a dominant. <laughs> like, okay, fine. But some, you know, that's a good uh, screen that if you meet someone that I'm not interested, then you can just say, I'm a, yeah, I'm a dominant. Dominatrix. Get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Hopping the Fence, a podcast dedicated to the fringes of the Canadian art scene. If you have an artist that you would like to hear interviewed, would like to correct and or fact check a past episode, or would just like to chat, feel free to send me a message on Instagram at 
hopping the fence or by email at rebeccaecasolino at gmail.com. Thanks to the OCAD Student Union for your financial support. And thank you to all of our patrons for your ongoing support. It truly does help me avoid burnout and keeps this podcast rolling. If you would like to support Hopping the Fence, please visit our Patreon to subscribe. Check out the show notes for more details. If you can't donate, no worries. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Audio editing for Hopping the Fence by Emily Reimer. Original artwork by Alex Gregory. And original music by Jessica Price Eisner. Thanks so much. Bye.